You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Mella Borowski, and I'm so excited to have you join me today on Bell Book and Candle. I've got a special guest with me today. You've heard her a few times in previous episodes, but in this episode, we're going to get to know this special lady a bit better. I'm proud to call her my friend and to be her mentor. And together, we're co-creating an online pagan training series called Walking a Pagan Path, which is free and covers the basics as well as our level two, which we'll be offering for the first time in February of this year, called Following the Pagan Path. If you're interested, you'll get all the info on how to join either or both of these at the end of our episode. So hi, Um, let's start at the beginning. And what I'd like you to do is just um, introduce yourself. Who are you and what do you prefer to be called? All right, well, first of all, I'm very glad to be on Bell Book and Candle with you today. I'm very excited. People call me Lady Keitha. I am the High Priestess of the Sacred Well, but my friends also call me Reverend Amory. So I'm very glad to be here. All right, wonderful. So how did you get the name or become Lady Keitha? So when I first started mapping out my own practice, uh, one of the first things I did was reach out to friends and they were like, you know, yes, we're on the same path and we have a lot of the same spiritual beliefs. So we started attending some of our community events, and one of the events was actually your full moon ceremony that you do here at Palm Scott Meadows. I just was drawn to reach out to you for some reason. Um, <laughs> seeing how wonderful you were with people just inspired me. So I reached out to you and was like, you know, please train me any kind of education that I can get on how to lead a group because when you have people looking up to you you feel obligated to uh, better yourself and to represent as best you can. Eventually I decided I wanted to dedicate my life to teaching and to leading others and helping others find their spiritual path and it was at my invocation to priestesshood that you granted me my magical name of Lady Keitha. I remember that day. I remember at that full moon ceremony and you approaching me and I could tell there was anxiety or maybe I don't know if it was fear you weren't sure exactly what to ask me and you were just so sweet and I was so happy to see someone else in the pagan community who wanted to step forward and and take some leadership yeah and it was all of it I was anxious I was terrified you made it so easy to be in that vulnerable position because I had no idea I was looking for some kind of structure coming from a Christian background we crave that that leadership, that person that we can learn from. And that can be very difficult to find in the pagan community. So I just was so fortunate to be around someone as wonderful and comforting as you were, because I was horrified. I, I don't know. All of my friends that were there that night were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel <laughs> like I have to reach out to her. So that was that was an experience all in itself. <laughs> and you were willing to do the work. Was it too much work? No, it was it was exactly what I was looking for. I wanted to feel like I deserved the title that people were giving me. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, now I know that that's something that I deserved because people put me in that position, but I didn't feel worthy of it. So by, I guess by going through the year and a half of study with you, with intense work <laughs> put into it <laughs> kind of gave me some validation that I felt like I needed not necessarily that others need it but I needed it for myself yeah definitely I saw you blossom just as we continued to meet for what uh, a year over a year it was it was almost a year and a half yeah and I just every time as you would do the work as you would have um, rituals and meetings with with your group I just saw you blossom into what I knew you could do, you know, the first time I saw you. So tell me about the sacred well, because I know that plays a part in your journey. So the sacred well kind of 
grew a life of its own. Originally, it was me and my friends just sitting around a fire talking about spirituality and what we practiced and how we practiced and what we hoped we would get out of a spiritual practice and just kind of building each other up and encouraging research and that sort of thing. And then the more that I found people around me, I was like, well, let me make a Facebook group. So it'll just be easier for us to talk and communicate and schedule stuff. And then it just kind of grew into this um, massive online community. I think we're just over 4,000 people strong now. And it's pretty incredible to see such a community of people that support each other and are just wanting to learn from each other and experience spirituality and kind of just learn from each other how each other practice. And as I grow in my spiritual practice, I try to share the information and make it easier to find. Because when I first started um, my path, one of the struggles that I had was finding reliable information. I mean, I read everything I could get my hands on, but it's kind of nice to be able to share that information with a group of people that are so supportive. And I really do have the best group of people in the world. They're absolutely great. Yeah, it was just awesome to see the growth, uh, both in person and online, and amazing in some cases. Yeah, the, the sigil thing, I think, is what you're referring to. We went, yeah. <laughs> we, we were, I think we were at, like, just over 100 people when that when that first happened. It, it started back when the, the first round of fires went through Australia. And, I mean, so many of us just felt so helpless. I mean, we donated to charities and tried to send as much good energy that way as we could. But one day I was sitting at my desk and I was like, I wish there was more I could do. And then it just, it dawned on me the power that our community has as a collective, especially when we put our minds together. And so I drew a sigil from a a group that I follow called Wolf of Anatomy, and he's on my page. I reference him a lot uh, to give credit where credit is due. And it was his sigil and I, it was to bring on rain. And so I just drew it on my wrist and I shared a picture and I was like, hey, you know, y'all do this with me and together, hopefully we can bring about some sort of change um, because we are powerful beings and we, the more of us, the better. And it blew up. I woke up the next morning and I remember telling you, I felt like um, I was holding on to reins of wild horses because we <laughs> blew up to um, over 3000 people within a week. Yeah. And it was it insane. Was it was amazing. Great. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was incredible and everybody was so supportive and reaching out and it was great seeing all these pictures of people drawing the sigils on water bottles and putting on their phones and putting it on their wrists and their hands and the more that we went along, the more powerful it felt. And that showed me for the first time that the power that is in our community as a whole. Absolutely. Incredible. I put mine on my wrist and just every single time I saw that it just allowed me a remembrance to send that energy right. to do a working of some sort so you you know when you have something that reminds you like that which is you know in and of itself it had power but then by the power of having it right there always seen I think that makes it even more powerful oh yeah and I mean with thousands of us doing it it was incredible and it was I think it was like within two or three weeks after that and I started getting these incredible messages from people who were directly affected in Australia saying that they were seeing rain and they were seeing you know relief from this these horrible fires and um, how much they appreciated getting the support from all the way on the other side of the world and that was that was incredibly moving to see I really enjoyed that. here with Lady Keitha and I just wanted to ask you about your personal spiritual path if that's all right yeah absolutely so why don't you tell us what some of your daily practices are as a pagan and do you consider yourself a witch I do I consider myself a witch I've been asked a lot why I identify as a witch considering that it's such a a term that comes with such negative views from um, a lot of people And the reason that I do is because I feel very strongly that a lot of people have died because they identified as witches or were falsely accused of being witches. And so 
I just, I carry that, that name with pride as a result. It's my way of honoring those that have come before me that struggled. My daily practice is usually just get up in the mornings with a grateful heart and I try to do a daily card pull. The first thing I do in the morning is sit at my altar and just spend some time um, with my main deity, which is Hecate and um, just try and get a sense of how I want my day to look and how I can incorporate spirituality in my day because before doing that, before making that conscious decision to sit at my altar and spend that time, I found that it was much easier to get carried away with the day and forget about spiritual things and, and not include those things in my day. So that's just a way that I remain grounded and focused on keeping my spirituality a part of my day and then journaling i journal several times throughout the day just as things happen if something triggers is kind of odd then i'll i'll write that down and that way i can see kind of a pattern building over time that sort of thing and then of course interacting with my group on facebook the sacred well trying to do something educational with them and then also TikTok because I love doing educational questions on TikTok and responses and stuff. So that's kind of a, a daily practice. Okay. A couple things stood out for me. The first one is your mention of being grateful. So what what does gratitude um, have to do with witchcraft and and being pagan? I mean everything. <laughs> as far as as far as my practice goes I am grateful for every aspect of my life, good and bad. Good because obviously good things happen and, and that brings us joy and comfort. But I'm also grateful for the bad things in my life because that teaches me something that challenges me in some way and it gives me an opportunity to do better. Gratitude for me is thanking the divine for all of the amazing gifts and experiences that I have. Grateful for all the people in my life. And, and I mean, I just try and be grateful in general. If you walk around with a grateful heart, then you tend to be smiling a little bit more and enjoying your day a little bit more. That's true. Because a lot of people struggle with this, if you feel comfortable, I'd love if you would share one of those experiences of something that wasn't that great that you were grateful for because of something that it taught you. So I guess one of the most recent ones was I lost my, my matriarch, my grandmother, um, last year. And that was incredibly difficult for me as it is for everyone they lose a grandparent. She was really spiritually grounding for me. She always walked around and throughout my childhood claiming to be a witch and everyone was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, grandma, you're just kind of crazy. We, we love you, you know. And it wasn't until I became one myself and I started noticing things that she did that I was just like, huh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my grandmother was a, a Christian witch and she very much believed a lot of the Christian ideals. And, you know, I know a lot of Christian witches, so that's absolutely fine. I didn't follow that particular path, but I did pick up a lot of my spiritual practices from her. So losing her was um, very ground shaking for me. It kind of shook me to my core because she was one of my pillars of strength. And so going through that awful experience of losing her, I did find strength in the fact that now I, I find it even more important to represent my spiritual practices and beliefs so that I can be that pillar of strength for not only my own kid, but also for the people around me that, that kind of look up to me for inspiration or or look to me for some kind of guidance. I don't want to make it out to be a positive thing because it wasn't. It was it was pretty awful, but it did challenge me to be stronger and louder in my own spiritual practice. So you were able to take the experience and, and get something positive from it as opposed to it being a positive experience. Right. Do you feel like your grandmother is still kind of on this on the spirit side the spirit world guiding you or giving you any information? Absolutely. I talk to my grandmother, um, not every day, but I do talk to her several times a week. I remember shortly after she passed, one of the um, experiences that I had that just concreted for me that she was still with me um, was I was sitting on the front porch and it was a little bit chilly. Like I said, it was in March. I just, I went outside for cold air and just kind of breathe a little bit because I was, I was missing her really bad. And I got the strongest sense that she was with me and standing next to me and fussing at me for not having a sweater on. 
That sounds like grandmother energy there. And I was just, it was, I don't know why, but it was her. It was one her, I knew in my heart, I knew she was with me. Yeah. And that was both comforting and challenging because you want to say things, you want to reach out and you want to hug these people. And, but I just kind of verbally spoke out to her and said, I'll go put on a sweater, grandma, but I love you and I miss you. And I'm glad to know you're still here. And that just, that was very reassuring for me. Um, that I guess that was just another good thing to come out of losing her was that I now have that extra level to my spirituality, which is because before her um, passing, I would reach out to my ancestors, but she was the first one that I lost that was directly involved in my life that I knew. And so that just added another level to my practice was including her. Yeah, so she becomes almost like an anchor um, and with her, you will be able to reach out to even other ancestors, I would think. So having having her, I mean, that's another thing, a positive thing. We never want to lose people we love. But now that she has transitioned to the spirit world, you have that anchor. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So tell me about Hecate. Hecate is my, um, my main deity. I have a friend that tells me all the time. It's like, I'm saying like my main chick or, (laughs) but she, she is, she's my, she's my go-to. She's my guidance. When I first started practicing paganism, I was very torn because I come from a heavily Christian background and I, I didn't realize at that point I had already broken away from Christianity. I just was still very much, I had that guilt that's built into us. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was still trying desperately to hold on to it. But I knew that I was at kind of a fork in a road and I knew that I was going down a road where, you know, according to Christianity, you know, I was going to hell and I wasn't doing the right things and I was, you know, sinning by looking into other deities and this sort of thing. So I was very much at a place in my life where I was very conflicted. I remember that night, I just, I was kind of lost and I was just like, look, I need, I need some kind of guidance. I need a sign. I, I just need to know that all of this research that I'm doing and all of these things that I'm trying and that I'm not crazy, that that I'm going down the right path. Mm -hmm. And I went to bed with that very heavy on my heart. And at the time I hadn't really researched Tecate at all. I didn't really know anything about her. I went to bed and when I awoke in my dream, I was on this path and I come to kind of a fork in the road, you know, that very typical of a decision-making scene to the left was very well lit street lights cobblestone path very well maintained and to the right was a wooded path that looked very scary and dark and I I didn't know why I stood there for a few minutes but I was like I was being pulled to the right and I was like I just feel like this is where I need to go and the second my foot took a step to that right path this tall woman appeared in front of me and she had on a cloak and she had a dog with her and she had a torch and she had keys and all these symbols that for some reason in my dream just stood out as as very important and i didn't know why i knew this but i just knew that i was in the presence of something that was um divine something powerful and something very real it was the most vivid dream i've ever had in my life i i just i felt comforted and i felt safe and that was the first time in a long time that i had felt calm and at peace i kind of like looked up to her and she took the cloak from around her shoulders and put it on mine and gently nudged me down the path and the next step i took i woke up i wrote everything down I I jumped up and scared the crap out of my husband because (laughs) here I am popping up at 3.30 in the morning, just, I mean, straight out of bed. And I wrote everything down and I was like, okay, what are all the things that I saw? And I I wrote everything down, street lights, owl, I saw the dog, I saw keys, I saw a torch, she had dark hair, like all of these things that I, I saw. And... I started Googling and I found Hecate and at the second that I read her name on the screen, I knew that it was her. I didn't know why I knew, but I just knew. I've been working with her ever since and that's almost four years now. Wow. I think it's really appropriate that you are at a crossroads in your life and um, you met her at a crossroads and she's 
all about the crossroads, right? She is all about the crossroads, and she's the guardian of portals and doorways, and she's, some people call her the queen of the underworld and the queen of witches, and she's just such an incredibly um, powerful figure. She's very mothering, but like in a forceful way, like that mom that you know is, is right, but you don't want to admit that she's right. But you know that if you don't do what she says, you're going to regret it in the long run. Yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah. very much that inner. She's not as, um, I don't want to say aggressive, but she's not as forceful as like, say, the Morgan. Um, right. But she is very uh, domineering. She's very a strong presence. So, strong mother. Yes, very much so. <laughs> You, you kind of feel like she's going to go get a switch after you if you don't listen. You know? <laughs> she might. She just might. <laughs> she, she might. She's threatened a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's really important in what you said is actually something that is helpful to people who are trying to find what deity that they need to or want to be with. You know, some people are just really struggling with that. So you got up got your journal i think journals are just amazing pieces of your um repertoire of what a witch should have right um and you wrote down everything you could remember and then you started doing the research and i think that that is something that people could pull out yeah in their own lives well it it's one of those things i i'm a strong advocate of journaling everything because if you don't journal, then you're not going to recognize um, those idiosyncrasies and the patterns that are appearing to you all of the time. We want to see patterns, but sometimes we're not actually seeing patterns and the patterns that we should be seeing we're overlooking. So I definitely tell everyone, you know, please, please journal everything and dreams, especially first thing in the morning, because what I have found is that life will carry me away and I'll forget those little details that are very important to to be journaling about. Journaling dreams first thing in the morning. I talk about journaling your dreams in some of my episodes about dreams. Mm-hmm. It also allows us to remember it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. what you're currently working on um so aside from the classes that i'm working on with you which i am so excited about um that is actually my main focus for the moment um i'm also working on a children's book series uh called the adventures of ren and i'm super excited um about those it's about a non-binary child that uh is on the pagan path Um, And it just kind of introduces paganism in a way that is understandable at the child's level. Um, I think that it it started as a way for me to write stories for my godchildren. I have four godchildren, several of which are um, in a pagan household. And there aren't a lot of pagan children's stories. Um, so I, I definitely wanted to create something for them. And as I started writing it and sharing it with my friends, they were like, you know, you, you really need to publish this because (laughs) there are a lot of pagan parents out there. So, um, I'm super excited. It's currently being illustrated by a good friend of mine and, uh, I'm, I'm excited to get it on the shelves. It's going to be great. Oh, that is so exciting. You'll have to come back when it gets published and give us all the information and everything about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What is the most important thing that you've learned on your path so far? Ooh, um, well, I'll tell you the same thing I tell all of the beginners that come to me looking for information. I always tell them research first mm-hmm. and secondly, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, when you first get on this path, there's a lot that you're experiencing there's a lot of as that third eye starts to open a little bit you get glimpses of stuff that will make you feel legitimately crazy right (laughs) and so I always tell people you know trust the process trust your instincts because the things that are happening are real and grounded and this is the most real spirituality you will ever have in your life and the more that you trust yourself the more open you are to experiencing things and the more open you are to actually hashing out your your path. Trusting yeah, yourself and getting that education is really the, the most important things. Yeah, incredible advice. 
Um, what's the craziest thing that has happened to you with your third eye wide open now? Oh my gosh. Okay. If I don't, <laughs> if I don't tell this story, I will get called out by my friend Dan and my husband. So we, we, we were having a, I believe it was Maybon. We were having a bonfire mm-hmm. and we, um, we had given offerings of fruits and vegetables back to the earth and we had put them in the fire and we had said everything and we saw i actually have pictures of this on the well but we had saw hades in the fire and in the embers it was very clearly very clearly hades it was you know i i was not aware of what hades looked like until that moment i knew that it was hades a friend of mine Courtney that works with Hades was confirming that that's who that was and we were all kind of having our moment you know just of awe being in that presence and we stood there for quite a while in in just in the moment and then we went into the house and um, thankfully we had dismissed all of the spirits and and dismissed Hades but my husband uh, come back inside and was like I put the fire out, don't worry. And I was like, okay, how did you put the fire out? And he was like, oh, I peed on it. Oh no. And I was like, oh my God, he peed on Hades. Wow. My heart just dropped to the the pit of my stomach. I was like, oh God, I don't know what retribution this is gonna have, but I feel like it's gonna be bad. And um, it was just one of those funny moments, but I, I have to say, it was probably one of the craziest that's that's happened at my house at least um (laughs) i was just i was blown away and it just i was so grateful we had dismissed hades and in that moment but like it was just really funny and that just goes to show that you know you can't be too serious in your practice because things are going to happen like that so (laughs) and if hades had still been there he probably would have just laughed i'd imagine oh god (laughs) i i I hope so. We're sorry, Hades. We're sorry that you know, my <laughs> natural husband... functions. Exactly, exactly. It was really funny though. We've had some pretty harrowing experiences together, haven't we? We have. That's why I put that caveat in there. The craziest <laughs> thing that's happened at my house. Uh huh. Um, you know, we we've done house clearings and land clearings, and some of the things that's happened to us is uh, pretty insane. The the sage getting knocked out of my hand. Yes. At the house clearing and. I believe that's the same place that you got all scratched up, right? It is. It yeah. is. That same time. And just insanity. Just all the insanity. The the, the entity that ran at um, our friend that was there that wasn't a believer and then and, and is now a believer. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty crazy. That sort of thing um, kind of creates believers a lot of times, doesn't it? I mean, it does. I think it takes someone at least being curious. I think that if you're completely closed off to it, then you're just not gonna be willing to see or experience things. Anything that does happen, you're just gonna explain away, there was wind, there was this, there was that. Yeah, you know? But if, if you're a little bit curious and you're a little bit open, sometimes spiritual experiences will just kick that door in like the Kool-Aid man, you know, <laughs> so. Yes. So it sounds like you have family and friends that support you. That is a loaded statement. Uh, so I, I am very, very fortunate. I have a lot of family and friends that, that do support my path. One of my best friends, Dan, is uh, one of my admins on the well. And so I'm very fortunate to have him. And and also uh, my friend Jerry is, is another one. She's been pagan her whole life. So when, you know, we grew up together as children. So when I came out as pagan to her, she was like, yeah, I knew. I just was waiting on you to figure it out. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I do have a lot of family that's very supportive. I have a lot of family that's very skeptical. And I also have a lot of family that is in complete either denial or, you know, does not acknowledge or speak about it. My father is a southern baptist preacher my little brother um is also a southern baptist preacher so you can imagine um they don't really talk about my spiritual path very often in their household (laughs) and do they know everything about it i know when you have a group and you're online there's not a whole lot of places you can hide but are they 
I, I mean, are you out in the open and they know exactly what you're doing? So for a long time, I wasn't really sure. It wasn't something I was hiding, but it, it wasn't necessarily a con confrontation I was looking forward to having. Right. And then, you know, I got on TikTok because, uh, well, my kid was on TikTok and I wanted to know what they were, what app they were on, you know. And so I did the parent thing and experienced it. And then I figured out that that was a good platform to teach on. So that's why I've been on there. But then I realized that my little brother that is a preacher as well was on there and we followed each other for a little while, but then he unfollowed me. <laughs> and I, I don't hold any grief about it. I understand that we're just on two very different paths and he didn't necessarily want the videos that I was bringing into his algorithm. So I understand. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm positive at this point that they're that they're aware and that they know. <laughs> so. You bringing up TikTok um, brings me to another question I wanted to ask you. So, what are your thoughts on the controversy surrounding aesthetic witches, or a lot of times witch talk is brought up, and then the uprising from pagans over how mainstream companies have taken over the witch aesthetic to sell their product, kind of like the Sephora and Penrose starter witch kit, which was really expensive and had a tarot deck, scented oils, rose quartz, and white sage in it, and, all, and just all the, you know, witch talk is not really real, real witchcraft and that sort of thing. So what's your take on that? So this is, for me, this is kind of something that comes up often. So firstly, as far as people, there's going to be people trying to profit off of anything. Um, anything that people think they can make money off of is going to happen regardless. So as paganism grows, and it is growing, it's one of the fastest growing religions in the world. As that grows and gets more popular and more well known, of course there are going to be companies trying to profit off of that. And honestly, what I will tell people is just be aware of where you're getting your resources. I have no problem buying a tarot deck from Spencer's, Second and Charles Books a Million, it does not matter to me because when I take that, that tool home, it's going to be a tool for me. Um, so I have no issues with buying something from them. I do prefer if I can to buy from small business owners and stuff like that, just because that's a good practice to have in general. But I have no problem with buying from Books a Million or anything like that. I don't think the tarot deck isn't going to work as well because it was part of a corporation versus someone right. hand painting cards you know as far as witch talk goes witch talk is a animal all on its own it's like any other social media platform it can be used for good and it has its bad downfalls as well i use it as a way of teaching uh people go on there and see my videos and then they'll ask me questions and i'll do response videos and i'll tell them well here's the answer to your question. Here's what I do. I speak mm -hmm. for me. I am not any kind of spokesman for all pagans, as we all will say. Also, there's there's a little bit of um, irresponsibility that comes on the part of some, some people, not all, some people on TikTok because, you know, you are teaching and you are making information aware to other people and available to other people. So there's a responsibility that comes with being a teacher, making sure that people know how to safely use herbs, knowing that people are letting people know, you know, safety precautions when dealing with spirits or entities or deities, you know, there's, there's a safety aspect to this, but I don't think that it's any less powerful of a tool to use than a face-to-face -face class. Um, it just gives me a different platform to speak to a different set of people. I, I don't think that it's any less of a legit platform to teach or to introduce people to paganism. I believe that people see what they need to see. And if me posting a video about Hecate on TikTok, somebody finds Hecate and then gets kind of curious and does the research and realizes, oh, this is who's been calling me, then that's a powerful tool and I'm okay with using it. Yeah, I love that. Um, so maybe that answers someone's question who's been struggling about which talk or whether they should be on that or the use of it. For me, I think that there's just, there's always going to be people who want to hold on to something and when it becomes more famous or popular, they don't want to see that happen. It happens with 
musicians and you know books and movies and everything it's like oh it's popular now I don't want to have anything to do with it so I think that you know what you said about witch talk also can be about Pinterest and Instagram and all you know the aesthetic witch culture is it might be what someone needs to help them find a more authentic spiritual path and if it's not they're not going to stay in it very long and I don't think that it is as harmful as some people might think it might be right I mean as far as the aesthetic which goes everyone loves a good aesthetic I am not going to tell you that I don't enjoy aesthetic things because I do I very much enjoy you know the dark creepier looking stuff and I enjoy the sparkly and you know there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that a sparkly book of shadows that has unicorn stickers on it is just as powerful to me as a you know leather bound old you know tea stained book that you <laughs> hand made like it's the power the tools are not the power we are the power so if you know you find that you want it to look a certain way that's the whole point is creating your own path and creating your own practice and it should look like what you enjoy so i find no problem in that whatsoever i've had several people recently even come to me and say that i should not be doing um so much pagan things in public and i should be having my rituals in private and having this um you know very private circle of people so what what are your thoughts on the people who say that witchcraft shouldn't be an open practice and that you shouldn't be teaching everyone on facebook like we're doing or on witch talk or other social media i think that a lot of times and it's not always the case but i think that a lot of times when people say things like that it comes from a place of great fear that is ingrained into us because paganism and witches have been persecuted for so long that it's literally in our blood and it's it's just the way that we have come to be over time and on the one hand that's very sad because the louder i am about my practice the stronger i feel my practice gets the more people that i include in my practice in my circle the stronger and more powerful i feel like it gets and there's protection in numbers um, especially here in the South. <laughs> um, we, live, we live in the Bible Belt, so we do get that a lot. But to kind of make people feel more at peace, I just say, well, I will never bring your name up. I will never out you. Um, if I see someone in public that has been at one of my rituals or has been, I've met at a full moon ceremony or something, I do not out them. Um, I don't know if they're in the broom closet or not. And so I will just be like, hey, it was good seeing you at the bookstore the other day. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to out them. Right. But I don't hide my path. And that is my personal choice. And I teach because when I first started trying to learn, it was very difficult to find a teacher. So I want to be very loud and proud about it because I want to be visible and available to teach when people are called to this path. All right, so how would you describe being an open practicing pagan in the South and, and why do you do that? Ooh, um, <laughs> being an open practice pagan in the South is, is tough. Um, in my daily life, it doesn't actually come up that much. I, I don't walk around fearful or anything like that. But it'll happen randomly, and then I'll realize why someone is reacting to me that the way that they are. Uh, for example, I was in the bookstore with my brother the other day, and I was in the new age, quote, new age section. And I was looking for some new um, books for my shelf. And this lady had like a 13, maybe 14-year-old girl with her. And... Um, you know, I could, I looked over my shoulder cause I just sent somebody was like watching and I looked over at her and she was just kind of looking over her shoulder, just kind of trying to catch a glimpse of the books and the, the Oracle cards and stuff I was looking at. And mm -hmm. I just kind of like politely nodded to her and, um, her mom noticed the interaction, uh, mm -hmm. which was completely pleasant up until that point. <laughs> 
And she jerked her daughter away and she was like, don't you know if you open any of these books, you're going straight to hell. Don't look at that stuff. Don't talk to her. And Uh, I just, uh, it happens so, so randomly, you know, I don't, I don't walk around, um, with a giant sign on me that says, Hey, I'm pagan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes I do if I'm wearing my pinnacle or if I'm <laughs> right, wearing my right. moon phase mask or something. But most of the time it doesn't come up. But when it's blatantly obvious that I'm pagan, when I'm standing surrounded by all these wonderful books, um, you know, this lady reacts this way and it really made my heart sad because, mm-hmm. you know, that girl clearly wanted more information and she wanted to be, um, she was feeling drawn. So I really just, I, real quick, I just kind of shrugged it off and I said a quick little prayer saying, you know, I hope that she gets the information that she's seeking and she gets the opportunity to, to hash out her own path and at least whenever maybe she moves out, she'll be able to build her own path openly. Um, but I did do something a little bit petty. I, as I was walking by, I nodded at the girl and said, blessed be. And her mom just kind of huffed and walked off. And <laughs> I, I mean, it was perfectly polite and you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to be rude or anything, but it just, it was one of those moments where I wanted that girl to know that, you know, I am a human and I, I meant her no disrespect or her mother any disrespect or anything, but I wanted her to have that that moment that kind of I hoped it would kind of stand out to her. So that was just a, a daily interaction of being a Southern practicing pagan. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've got lots of lots of stories we could talk about that, wouldn't we? Oh my goodness, it comes up. It comes up a lot. Yeah. I'm waiting on one of our full moon ceremonies to be protested or something like. Right. It just. I mean. There is that fear, I guess, that um, the louder that we get, it's go- it's going to happen at some point. We are going, and I, I remember one time we were talking and we were joking. We were saying that, um, you know, I hope one of our pagan events is so large that we get um, uh, protested by like Westboro Baptist or something. <laughs> like that's our goal. Because could you imagine an event, a pagan event that large? That would be incredible. Um, yeah, that means we, we have made it, right? Well, I mean, that means that the, the community has made it, especially yeah. here in the South. That would be that would be just mind-boggling to see. So that would be really cool. Yeah, and we, would, we don't want fear to control us, but we do have to be smart about certain things, yeah. especially especially here in the South. Yeah, I mean, I my, my kid is pagan, and one of the things that has become, you know, trendy is to paint your door purple if you're a witch and um for a while i had a little bit of fear about it i was like you know this is this is very commonly known that if you know the door is purple that pagans live there but then i got to thinking about it and i was like you know i put pinnacle um wreaths on my door for every holiday and you know so so it's very obvious i'm a pagan anyway and i don't want to be ashamed of Put, you know putting a sign out there or something at first I was very worried that like my house was gonna get egged or something but yeah. um, realistically we've, we've had no issues whatsoever um, I have a very old neighbor that kind of <laughs> kind of eyes me a little bit but that that's about it that's just the worst that it's happened knock on wood so <laughs> um, yeah and we we don't live in fear but we also kind of plan for things, especially with the state of the world. And, you know, it's it's very easy and important for us to laugh about certain things and to uh, just not have it weigh us down and to go about our lives. But is there a point where we need to consider the way of the world and start doing things different? What's your, what's your ideas on that? So for me personally, I think that any great cause, and I do consider paganism to be a worthwhile cause. It brings such transition and transformation and comfort to so many people. Um, I think that it's worth fighting for. And I would never out or expect anyone else to be as loud as I am Mm -hmm. um, about about their practice. Um, And I would never pressure anyone to to be that way either um but i don't intend on being silenced anytime soon i 
100% support us teaching, us being available for questions. And unfortunately, that does mean we're going to take a little bit of abuse. Um, We're just, we're, we're two loud women that are, have the audacity you know how dare us how dare us and i'm okay with that the more uncomfortable i make um people that are being disrespectful to other people's spiritual practices the the more i've done my job as far as i'm concerned i think the saddest thing for me is that most of the actual outright um, negativity that i've had towards what i'm doing and the classes that i teach and just different things like that actually comes from inside the pagan umbrella have you found that at all um i've gotten i've gotten some hate uh (laughs) i think that as spiritual leaders we're going to um i actually have gotten some hate from um some local groups uh that told me that i wasn't a quote bloodline witch Mm. Um, and then I had some tell me that I was a bloodline witch and that I needed to be part of their coven and no other coven and all, and people get really offended when I tell them that the sacred well is not a coven. Um, we are not a coven. And the reason that we are not a coven is because I didn't want anyone to feel like they had to fit any special mold to be part of the sacred well. The sacred well is a group of people that Um, love each other and want to build each other up and just practice spiritually and share information and um, some people don't like that (laughs) Uh, some people think (laughs) that I need to be a closed group and I need to be quiet about the practice and and all that sort of thing and so I just say the same thing that I have been saying that you know this is the way that I have chose to carry my practice and part of my personal practice is teaching that's my calling is to teach and that's what I will keep doing. And if it makes you uncomfortable, well, then you know what? You can unfollow my group just as quick as you followed it. So That's right. Exactly. I, I don't understand why people are so caught up over the whole bloodline thing because it's just not important. I mean, would they say that with other spiritual paths as much? No, you don't go into, say, a Christian church and they say, oh, was your mama and daddy a Christian? Was your grandma and grandpa? And how far back does it go? Because we don't want to have you here unless unless we've got this long bloodline. You know, it just makes no sense. It's just a way of gatekeeping, I think. And I am totally against that. Oh, 100%. I, have I, mean, had... I, I am fine with, I'm fine with witches who do have a bloodline that they're proud of. They are very, very lucky to have that. But you don't have to have that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say some of the things, the most ridiculous things that I have heard, which make me very sad because if I've heard them, other people have heard them. And the the idea that people have heard these ridiculous questions and it chased them away from their path really saddens me. Um, Some of the things I've heard are things like, if you don't have a certain heritage then you can't follow a certain pantheon like if you're not egyptian of egyptian descent then you cannot follow you know say anubis or um isis or you know and and that is the most ridiculous thing i've i've heard it just there's no reason to be that way there's no reason to be closed off that way and um let's see another ridiculous thing that i've heard is you know if you don't have a certain mark on your hand or if you don't fit certain criteria or, you know, and we all love the good memes, the ones that are like, oh, you know, you're a witch if you have this, you know, we all enjoy those memes, but the very basis of witchcraft itself is that we are all inclusive. You are my brother, my sister, my non-binary family, however you identify, you are my family. And that is just a fact. And you don't have to fit anything to be there. I'm gonna lay down some truth right here, and this is firmly what I believe. People want to be special, and that's why all these things about having the mark and just all that stuff comes from. People want to be super special because they're, as a a whole, our community has such a low self-worth that they are looking for something to make them feel like they are important or special. Yeah. I, I'd say that there's a lot of truth in that statement and that um, once you once you hash out your spiritual path 
And once you acknowledge that, yes, I am a spiritual, powerful being, that is all the special that I ever needed. Um, I am a divine being. I am part of the divine. We are all energy and we are all um, connected. And that, the fact that I am part of this huge family of powerful beings makes me feel incredibly strong and incredibly powerful and, and special. And I honestly, if I could make everyone understand that and see that, I think the world would be a much, much more calm and peaceful place. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, I do agree that, you know, people are looking for something that sets them above others. Mm-hmm. And I think paganism is more about, I want to be side by side with you and I want us to all be lifted versus I want to rise above other people. That's what we would hope it would be. Right. <laughs> that's what we're trying. <laughs> that's what we're trying to teach. <laughs> exactly. I've really enjoyed having you here with me today. Is there any final thoughts that you want to give before we kind of wrap up our session today? Um, I, I've enjoyed being part of your podcast. I always listen, love listening to uh, Bell, Book, and Candle. Um, so thanks for having me. My final thoughts would definitely be trust yourself. Reach out to your community. There's so much support there. Um, and what we desperately need right now is, you know, open communities that can support each other. You don't have to be out and proud. You know, you can just be a solitary in the broom closet witch, but you are still part of our family and we still love you. And uh, feel free to reach out to me at the Sacred Well if you need any guidance or support. And if I can't find the answer, if I don't have the answer, I will find it for you. And we will work together and make it happen. Sounds great. And we'll put the link for the sacred well in the comments. So make sure you check that out. Well, y'all, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Lady Keitha, thank you for being here. And y'all be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at BellBookCandleSC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash BellBookCandle.